0: Uh, if, if you agree with what I say, I want you to say amen. I'm going to do a little quiz here. There's nothing. No, but I, if, if, I, if, if what I say, you agree, I want everybody here to say amen in a, in, in a voice that people can hear. God is love. God is good. God forgives sins. God is merciful. God is graceful. God will never run out of what we need. Amen. God is calling me to get out of my comfort zone. Amen. Boy, that's better than I thought it would be. I figured it would mean church, church, church. Now, so what did you just say amen to? God is calling me to get out of my comfort zone. Do you know what amen means? Let it be. I need people that are willing to get out of their comfort zone. Coming to church is good and great. It's hard to begin with. You're a little nervous. It's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, and uh, every now and then it's like, you know, and it's whoo. It it's these things that we tend to, as you become comfortable in praise and worship, it's okay to raise your hand. It ain't no big deal. When you get caught up in this and it's, it's a good feeling and it makes you, but you know, how many things in life are we are we thankful for today? When we stop and look at what life is and, and, and what life's turned out to be and, and, and things in our hearts that, that take place, uh, I, I want us to look at life and see really and truly what life is and what it's all about. Uh, we're going to be dealing with three things here. Ephesians chapter 2 verses uh, 1 through 3 is in time past, Case okay? it's, it's our history. It's yesterday, it's last year, it's ten years ago. That, that That's for the day that you were saved, this stopped. Verses 4, 5, and 6 are in the present era that you're living in now. Whether you've been saved ten years, fifty years, or a hundred years, that's the time present we're living in now. And, and verses... Uh, Seven, eight, and nine are, are are future things to come. These are the future things to come and things of, of 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 tomorrow. More more seven than than eight and nine. But I want us to understand that uh when we're here in Ephesians chapter number two, we're gonna start in verse number one. It says, And ye who were dead in trespasses and sin. Now ha uh You see how I I tried to italicize, has he quickened? Uh, Most of you in your Bible, especially the King James, Schofield edition, anytime you see words that are in italic or italicized, they've been added in to help with the understanding, the meaning. The has quickened will show up in verse number 4, but I just want to look at this. This is in time past. If you're sitting here today and you've never accepted Jesus, you're dead in trespasses and sin. Somebody give me a definition of, uh, of trespass. What is trespass? The, the, the terminology that we look at today, what is to trespass? Exactly. That's just like this fence line back here. That fence line shows where our property starts at and the burners just starts. So we're not supposed to go across that fence unless you have permission for Lavanda to be down there on that property. Now, if you go down there and, 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 and somebody comes by and they catch you, you're going to get in trouble because you don't have permission to be down there on that property. If you go across the road over here, and, and Marcus' mother, I think, Tim, is that right? That's where Marcus Woods and them, they, 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 get, they own that property across the road. If you go across Highway 9 and you get... Up on that property, you're trespassing. You do not have permission to get on that. That's what we're talking about. It's is, is, is not in, in our mindset of a trespass. In the terminology of the Greek, the word trespass is to, to, to fall down. It's to stumble. It's to go down a path that you didn't mean to go down to. You don't realize that that path you're going down leads to destruction. The word sin, what is, what is a sin? Somebody tell me what a sin is. This call, what do you call, what is what's what's your idea of a sin? This time you speak, I promise you, I'll tell you shut up. but I don't want you to talk. Huh? Huh? I can't hear. Doing wrong, committing a, a, a wrong act, murder, stealing, lying, cheating—those things in our mind is. But the terminology, the definition of sin is to miss the mark. I want you to understand this: to sin is to miss the mark. And, and as, as hunters, anybody that, that may be, uh, you know, you're shooting a basketball and, you know, the, the the hoop, the goal is the mark. And you're trying to. And when that ball hits and bounces off one side or the other and you don't ring it, you don't make it, or you shooting a gun, you've got a, a, a target out there and there's a bullseye in the center of that target. And you shoot and you're hitting all around that target, but you never hit the mark. That's what I'm trying to get folks to realize is that we look at sin as, as, as these things that we do wrong. But most of the time in life, the sin that we're most guilty of, the sin that the world, the lost and dead and trespasses and sin, the, the, the sin that they do are, 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 are tangled up in is how they don't achieve the mark, they don't hit the mark of the goal of, of God, of the target of God, and that is God's glory. The mark is for us to be glorious and to meet God's standards. And most of us, all of us in here, are guilty of missing the mark, yet we are trapped in trespasses and sin. This is in times past. If you've been born again, if you've accepted Jesus in the free pardon of sin, your sins and your trespasses, are that's what you're saved from. If somebody says, you say, well, I got saved last Wednesday night. Or, I got saved last Sunday. And they ask you, well, what would you get saved from? What's your answer going to be? Come on, somebody. Say, Norman, what would you get saved from? You got say, devil's hell. Exactly. Why was you headed to a devil's hell? Because trespasses and sin, amen? When somebody comes up to you and they say, and you say, well, I was at church and the preacher preached a message and it's in end they give an invitation, I come down and I pray the prayer... I got saved, amen, I got saved, and you're so happy, and if somebody wants to bust your bubble, well, what did you get saved from? And so many of us freeze right there, because we really we know we need to be saved. We're preached to forever. We've got to be saved. We've got to be saved. I need to be saved. I need to, you know, oh, it's all I've heard. I've been taught through Sunday shoes, that I was da- bound for a devil's hell, and I need to be saved. I need to be saved. But what are you being saved from? I'm sorry. Get six feet away. What do you need to be saved from? And that's what the Apostle Paul was writing to the Ephesians, and he says, look, you were dead in trespasses and sin. It says, where in times past you walked, and this is the greatest thing when I talk to people that don't want to come to church. Well, preacher, I want to live the life the way I want to. I want to make my choices. I'm going to do what I want to, and you don't know what you want to do. You are influenced by the culture that we're in today. There is a, a, a humanism side involved in it and a materialism side involved in it. Everything you do goes back to two things, humanism and materialism. And we're going to study this right here in just a second. It says, in times past you walked according to the counsel of this world. What is the counsel of this world? The counsel of this world is that there is a advertising scheme set up, devised by Satan himself, that lures people into a desire to fulfill the desires of their own personal wants, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the mind, these things. And then folks say, well, I, let me go back and rephrase this. It's the desires in your heart to do what you think you want. This is what He's saying you've been saved from is the desires. You're walking according to the counsel of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Now I need you to understand what the air means. That represents the, the, the demonic force of, de- of the devil and his demons, the satanic spirits that, that are out influencing the world. You know, today, and and, and, and I'm just going to preach it like it is, okay? Y'all just hang on, bear with me, just, just, just hang on right here. Today's society is, is, is wanting everything to be okay. If I choose to be a homosexual, it's my choice. It's okay. If I choose to be an atheist, it's my choice. I'm okay. Well, if, 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 if I want to go around and, and I, I want to be, you know, it's, it's those things that we look at in our lives. Is, is if I want to uh, 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 look like a tramp, then it's, it's, it's my choice what I look like. But you don't understand that you've been influenced by the power of the air. How many of you ever been into a restaurant and the atmosphere was awesome? What created that atmosphere? The right lights, the right mood, the right music, the right food. There's a buzz inside there. It's not really just one that's overwhelmed, but it's just a, 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 a and it's an environment you love, and you you, you can't ready to get, you cannot wait to go back to that kind of environment. It's just great. But the environment we live in today is 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 powered by the prince of the air. The devil has the ability to go out and, and, and to form a whole. Campaign of advertisement that lures people into a, a a a world that fulfills the desires of their flesh and the, and the and the and the desires of their mind. It says, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience. Before you become obedient and you accepted the call God put on your life, what were you living in? If you're not obedient, what are you? You're disobedient. Now think about this right here. These are times past. Now this book was written to those that have been saved, to educate them, to help them, to bring them along the way. But in verse number three it says, among whom also we had in our conversations in time past the desires of the flesh. Let's take lust out of there. You know, we, we, we don't, we think of the word of lust as a sexual desire, a sexual thing that, that and then it's like, well, I don't lust after, I don't lust after sex. I don't lust after that woman or I don't lust after that man. It's not, but the, the, the thing that it's talking about is the desire in your heart. Is it the desire in your flesh to fulfill the things that you think make you happy. How many ever in here has ever wanted a new car? Any man here ever wanted a new car? How many of you in here went and bought a new car? How many of you in here got sick the first time you made a payment? The desire to have that was awesome. The desire to get that was, 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 was above awesome. I don't know what's above awesome. Y'all got a word for above awesome now? But when you got to where you had to start paying for your actions, you understand what I'm saying? When you pay for your actions, the consequences, you're going to pay for the seed. Now I love it. Robert talked about just a little bit. You know, sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping. That is sow, sow, everything in your life, every aspect of your life goes back to what you sow. Come on. Amen? What you gonna, what's going to happen if you sow it? It's going to come up. Amen? It's going to grow. And then what happens when a plant gets to maturity and starts bearing fruit? You start reaping that. Amen? Now you've got to think about these things right here, but the desire, the lust of the flesh, now it says, Fulfilling the desires of your flesh. What is it, Burger King? I want it my way. Two pickles, what is it? Two offbeat, two offbeat, patty, special sauce, pickles. How does that slogan go? Somebody, I can't sing it no more. McDonald's. That's McDonald's, I'm sorry. Burger King has your way. You can have Whopper any way you want to, Okay, right. And the desire in our life, we're going to do whatever we want. Come on somebody. Can I get an amen on that? But what happens when we're influenced by the power of the air? The atmosphere in the world. What's the atmosphere of the world? To fulfill the desires of the flesh. You know, I never think, I never dreamed I'd live in a society where 6th where grade and 7th grade girls was dying to lose their virginity. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to preach it because if your mom and daddy won't tell you about it, your preacher's going to. That will destroy... Your soul, not not your soul that God saves, but it's the mental soul and the emotional soul that's inside you. You're, you're destroying yourself. Why? Because that Satan robs you. Satan don't say, "Oh yeah, go 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 get drunk, go get go get smoked, doped up, go get high, go, go do this. go." He's telling you and enticing you to go do these things. And the the the, the, the minute you sober up. From being drunk, or the minute you come down off the high, or, 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 or after you slept with somebody the next day, you you, you, you feel horrible. Wow. You feel betrayed. You feel dirty. I mean, it's just, uh, you can't go get in a bath and wash that kind of filth off of you. It's an emotional filth that, that sticks with you, and the devil will haunt you, and he'll bring that back up over and over again, and he'll pull you down. He'll pull you down. He'll continually use that to beat you down to where you don't feel worthy. Right, but we're going to get there in just a second. Look at the first two words of verse 4. What does that say, somebody? God. By God. Woo! it. By God! Amen? We're going to get to that. It says, Among who have in, in, in times past conversations of lust fulfilling the desires of the flesh. That's me. I've got to have it my way. It's all about me. What does that And of the mind. The mind is, is, is the materialism thing, and your mind is, hey, I see that guy's got this. I want that. I want that. I gotta have that. I need that. I need more of that. I need a better. I got two of them, but I need a better one. I'm gonna sell them two and get the best. Okay. I'm gonna keep on and on and on. I can't be satisfied. I can't be content. The world. Oh man, you see all these new commercials on the jet ski boat, all this stuff, four wheelers. You got side by side. You you got bigger and better farms. You got bigger and better houses. You got fancier clothes. All oh, them ain't good enough. I don't care how much it costs, Mom and Daddy. Oh, they started wearing two hundred dollar pair of blue jeans. Oh, I want four pair of them, Daddy. Oh, come on, Daddy, I gotta have this. And it never fulfills the desire in yourself, y'all. I'm telling you, the world. And it's just plain and simple. The, the things in the world, that, the, is, is to, to buy nice clothes a sin? No. Is to have a nice house? No. To buy a nice brand new truck? No, it's not a sin. But when these things grip you, he said, look, in times past, all the world consumed you. Boy, if we could go back to when Paul was writing this, we could see hard times. We could see that you may have one day's worth of food, but you never had a pantry of food. Amen. That's what we don't understand. You may have one outfit on, and luckily you may have a cloak to put over in case it was chilly to be warm, but you never had a, a closet full of clothing. We don't grasp what it means here to live day by day. Amen. We don't understand how it is to know that if I eat right now, I may not be able to eat again till tomorrow. You know, this may be my only meal I get to eat today. And the devil's saying, hey, just go ahead and eat it. You, 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 go, you just go ahead. You keep on. You just, you, you, don't worry about it tomorrow. And God says, we need to be good stewards of what he's blessed us with today. Amen. Come on. But by, by doing this, and then what does it say that the nature of children are? In the old way, when you, before you were saved, when you were a child of Satan, you either in Christ or you in Satan. They ain't no. I, oh, I'm, I'm just neutral. I, I, don't, I don't follow the devil, but I ain't surrendered to Jesus. Well, if you ain't surrendered to Jesus, you're a child of disobedience. Right. You're a child of wrath. But the nature in every human being. Tanner, when you get mad, you put your fit. Hayden? Maddie? Lucas will say amen to that. <laughs> Daniel? That's human nature, y'all. The humanness inside of us. We'll pitch a fit and start throwing things and calling people names. We'll just, I mean, but that's the human nature. Why? Because we're children of wrath. Until, but God. Y'all, look at those two words. But God quickened us with Christ. It's only, two, only four six words I need out of that whole thing. But I'm going to tell you, but God, who is rich, what what, what do y'all call somebody rich? What's the word for rich now besides rich? Any new lingo, slang, money bags, are, are they loaded? Are, are, are they the real deal? Buck? <laughs> that's, that's a good one, Jack. That's a good book, y'all. We 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 can't fathom. You know, we see somebody that makes two or three hundred thousand dollars a year, and we think they're just that's just man, they are loaded. But what about somebody that makes ten to fifteen million dollars a year? What folks that make a hundred million dollars a year? What about somebody that's worth a billion dollars? Can you fathom? Famine? Fathom? Come on, baby. Check it out Where I can read your lips, Fathom. I tried saying that Sunday school that I had famine, fathom, or not. I didn't have fathom. But, and, man, I love my kids because they keep me on the straight and there. Amen. But you think about this. But God, who is rich in mercy. What is mercy? Jerry, I seen you going down the road the other day and you was running 75 and 55. What should you have got? But nobody caught him. But if he got pulled over and that officer come up here, Mr. Mobley, you know what you was doing? Yes, sir. I do. I was speeding. Well, Mr. Mobley, I'm going to give you a warning. You gonna slow down. That was to the mercy of that officer. Not to write him a ticket. But you think about this right here. Scott, when you get mad and you Want to cuss that dispatcher out because they sent you somewhere and ain't nobody there waiting on you? That's a sin. Y'all realize to get mad and hate somebody is a sin. What's what's one of the Ten Commandments? Thou shalt not kill. What Jesus? What's the next step in that? What Jesus carried to? If you hate your brother, if you have hate in your heart, you're as guilty as murder. How many times have you wanted to just strangle your husband, Dana? <laughs> just, just don't answer that. No. Yeah, <laughs> no, it to no. You think about this, y'all. We miss the mark. What, what, what's trespass? What's sin? Amen. And we don't think about that. God's mercy shed abroad. He's rich in it. He's never gonna run out of mercy. But we shouldn't continue to go down through there and and, 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 and and try his patience. If you habitually live in sin, now I want you to listen to me, teenagers, and I hope none of you in here is doing that because it leads to nothing, but if you go out drinking every Friday night with your buddies, and you drive home and you've been drinking, chances are you, you you're going to get caught, okay? That's the best case scenario. You just get caught. The next worst scenario is, 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 is that, that you wreck and you kill yourself. Well, what's worse than that? You wrecking and killing somebody else. Amen. To carry that burden around of killing somebody else, I don't know that I could bear it. I mean, that would be something for me to to, 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 to fly out of this parking lot and stomp it and head down the hill before I get down to Canada. and I don't let up. And as a car pulls out, and it's not their fault. I mean, they they made a mistake. They pulled out in front of me, but if I hit that car and killed them, man, that would be something that was on my heart that it would just be terrible to live with that guilt that I took somebody's life. But you know what? I did take somebody's life. Y'all didn't know that, did you? The hardest thing I've had to live with is knowing I'm guilty of killing somebody. I nailed the Son of God to a cross. 2,500 years ago. Because I live a sinful life. I'm a sinful man. And he said, I'll take your punishment. At mercy. He says, I'll take what you deserve. He said, for God's great love within, wherewith, He loved us. Even when we were dead in sin. Y'all realize, if you're lost, and sitting here this morning, I don't know your hearts. I don't know nobody's heart in here but if you've never accepted Jesus, you're dead. Right. Preacher, I'm alive the days I've ever been. Oh, it's exhilarating. You're fueled by the, 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 the prince of the air, but you're dead. You're dead in trespasses and you who He has quickened, those are the ones He's brought back, but and you who were dead, I'm going to change that to, and you who are dead. Every week I have to preach two messages, one to the lost and one to the saved. I'm trying to feed the lost or fuel the... the, I'm trying to to get to the lost to see that God loves them and God died for them and God prepared a way for them. And I'm trying to preach a message that will feed the ones that have been converted to where they're strong and nourished and able to go out. And when temptation comes, God says that he will not tempt you more than you handle. He will provide a way for you to get out of that. He there is a door. If it gets too hot in here, it gets too hard for me to be in here, all I gotta do is walk over here. I'm going, praise the Lord. He let me get out. Amen. How many of us stay in there? How many of us stay inside this and overtaken by temptation? We slip and fall in sin. But He's rich in mercy. Okay? But God who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us even when we were dead in trespasses and sin quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. Understand that. And He has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly they added places to make it more detailed. In Christ Jesus. Do you realize the two words, in Christ, in Christ? How many times in this two chapters I've been on, in Christ? Go back and start in one and start underlining every time you see, in Christ, in Christ. Look at that. Where did, where did God set Jesus down at? Right here it says that he has raised us up together and he set uh, sit together and made us sit together in who? Christ Jesus. So spiritually, where are we sitting at today? At the right hand of the Father. Wow. Every promise that Jesus has, God has given to us. Through Jesus Christ, we've, we're heirs. He says that in the age to come, we think this is the future, but it's not. When a person is born again, the age to come starts right there. This is where your story starts. You know, if somebody says, oh, that person was dead and trespassed and sin, they accept Jesus. And they was brought back to life. No, they was not They weren't brought back to life. They were given life. Why? Because you're born dead in trespasses and sin. Every human being born is dead until the Holy Spirit quickens them and God redeems them and saves them and gives them life. And so many people today refuse it. Why? Because I'm a good person. I don't drink, steal, cheat, murder. Lie. And everybody has a lie. Because we're all guilty of one. You're guilty of all of them. But it says in the age to come, He might show. What's God trying to do? He's trying to bring a redeemed, spotless people to heaven and show them to the angels that this is what my plan was was for a redeemed mankind. He wants to show off Christ's bride. He wants to show off the body of Christ. That who may get the glory? That God is glorified by His love, His mercy, and His grace. And the angels will start singing hallelujah to the Most High God. Praise the name of God, the Father of love, mercy, and kindness that He shed it upon all men who would receive it. For by grace, are you saved? Memorize this: Ephesians two, eight, and nine. Memorize this. Write it down. Put it as a screen saver on your phone. Write it on a post-it note and put it on your mirror. Put it on it, somewhere. When somebody says, "Well, how was you saved?" What are you gonna tell them? Somebody? By grace through faith. Ephesians two. 8 and 9. You need to carry them. Somebody says, well, how was you saved? I said, hang on just a second. How many of y'all got the Bible app on your phone? Everybody got a Bible app on your phone? You need to download it if you don't. You need to open it up and go to Ephesians 2, verse number 8 9. And it says right here in verse number 8, it says, For by grace have you been saved through faith. And it says, that, and that's not of yourself. It is a gift from God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Go. Y'all, if you saved, praise the Lord. Think about all go back to verse or chapter one, think about all that we've received from God the Father, God the Son, and the God the Holy Spirit. And, and and now he's trying to tell them in times past you've done this, but now you're free from this, but go tell your brother. Anybody here got a lost sibling? Anybody here that's got a lost father, lost mother? I mean, you raise your hand. This is the time to do it. Anybody here got lost people in their family? You think about that. If you knew Jesus Christ was coming back at 1202, would you still be sitting here or would you walk out this door right now and would you go to them and say, look, There's beyond a shadow of a doubt, Jesus Christ is coming back to take His church back at 1202. This is your last chance to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. I wouldn't have nobody sitting in here right now. I wouldn't be here right now. Why ain't that that important to me when I leave here today? Or tonight, or tomorrow? We need to learn to share. Y'all, why? Because when we're born again, when we're redeemed, for we are His workmanship. You know what that word means? Masterpiece. Praise God, He ain't done with me yet. Because I am one ugly masterpiece. Nobody would want to look at me. Why? Because I'm still a sinful man. I'm a fleshly human being. But I'm God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. He didn't create it in me. He didn't start a good work in me. Through the Holy Spirit, He started the work in me. And it says, unto good works. What's my job to do after I'm saved? A good word. And it says, Which God hath ordained, before ordained, that we should what? Walk, walk in them. What are we, as a Christian, Jack, as a Christian, what should you be doing? Walking the walk. Amen? It's easy to talk, but how many of us truly walk the walk? If we all walk worthy of the vocation in which we're called, how kind of difference could you make? I mean, you think about this right here. You think about, and I'm sitting here looking around, Megan, Tanya, Mandy, Selena, Christy. I know y'all come in contact with a ton of people because you're at school all day when it starts, if it starts. And you see the lives that need God in them. Y'all see the lives that could be changed if God come into that house and saved that mom and daddy. And they loved those children. And they took care of those children. And they provided for those children. I mean, you think about this right here. Scott, how many people you come in contact with? I mean, you think about Jerry. How many people? Norman, how many people work that far? You're with you or under you out there at the depot? I mean, you think about all these people. I'm just picking on a few. What I'm trying to get you to look at is how many opportunities do we waste to share the good news of Jesus Christ? I mean, you think about this, kids. When you all get together, when you I'm, when I say party, it ain't got to be smoking and drinking and doing drugs. I mean, you can get together and have a party have music and eat hot dogs and, you know, drink Kool-Aid, the real kind, not the special kind, there's a lot of things that y'all could be doing to influence the people around you. Right. you. Is that when they're doing it and you're the one that says no and they start, eh, eh, eh. you're going to get made, up, made fun of or something. I don't care who you are. But when you take a stand and say, I want to be an influence to, to help people. This is what God says. This is what it, the good work you can do is to be that positive influence. That way you're walking worthy. You you should walk in that. Y'all, Paul's given us so much right here, but how many of us are truly now? This is y'all stand in faith. Y'all come on, y'all stand in faith. I, I want to ask you these these two things. I want to ask right here. The first question is, and 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 don't answer this out loud. But if you have never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. I'd, I'd, I'd invite you to come down to these offers. I know the Spirit, there's been enough preached here today to explain to you that you have to accept God's plan that His grace is shed abroad that many through faith could be saved. Today, I'd invite you to come down and we'll pray with you. But the next thing I want to ask us, how many people in here are walking in the newness of life? How many people are truly walking in good works? How many people in here realize that God, when He saved you, He gave you all you needed. There's not going to be a sacket filling to where you get all the tools or all the equipment or all the strength or all the knowledge. When the Holy Spirit come upon you and you receive Him, you are filled with all the tools necessary to do the work of God. Next thing it takes is the courage to step out in faith and to work that. As they go to say. How many of you are working how many, who's walking worthy of that call? If you need help, if you need strength, please come on down here. Please come down here. If you need help, if you're not doing what God's called you to do, if you're not walking in the strength, walking in that courage, come on down. If you're lost. You've never accepted Jesus. Come today. Let us explain the plan that God has for you to be saved. But I'd ask you today, I need, I need, I need some warriors. I need some help. I need people to to, 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 to get on board and to get in enthused and, and let's work for God. Today, let's come make a commitment. How many people is going to commit to do a better job? I'd ask you to come. How many people going to come today? He says, Preacher, I'm committing to God. I'm committing to God. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to do what he's called me to do. I'm going to be committed. I'd ask you to come down here today. Come down here today. Renew that vow you made.